0: Welcome to Grown Up, I'm Avery Morkloss. Today on Grown Up, a job that many of us straight wouldn't do, but one that I am so, so glad our guest loves to do. A quick warning for this one, if the creepy crawlies give you the heebie-jeebies, then don't give up on this episode because there's some really good stuff in here. And if you quit now, you'll never get to know whether a bed bug-sniffing dog is a real thing. And that, my friends, would be a mistake. So... Don't squeak out of here just yet, because we're about to get this rat race started. One, two, flee, go.
1: I remember growing up, all I wanted was to be a grown up, now I'm grown up.
0: I first met pest control expert Steve Muelmeister through the shop local marketing campaign I run in my community. The thing I love most about running that campaign is getting the chance to meet really cool people who do really interesting work. Actually, that's what sparked this whole podcast in the first place. Having conversations with business owners made me realize we interact with people every day in a store, on the street, even inside our own homes. And we usually never get to hear about how they got to where they are and why they do the work they do. And if you had the misfortune of needing to call a pest control expert, but were fortunate enough to have Steve Mulemeister come to your rescue, it's very possible you'd miss out on his story. And it's a good one. It's a story about family, about passion, and the kind of hard work a lot of us just straight wouldn't do to make a living. And if you're one of those people who can't even think about bugs without your skin crawling, know this. I am one of you. And knowing Steve has actually made me feel so much better about the bumps in the night or the maybe made up itch in my sleep, because I know there's a knight in shining armor who will ride up in a white unmarked van to save this damsel in distress from any possible invasion. I mean, infestation. That's because I trust him. And I trust him because I connected with his story. So my challenge to you is this. Next time you have a service provider come to your home to fix a problem you wish you didn't have, take a minute to ask them about themselves, hear their story, connect, share their story. It makes a difference for those small business owners who are grinding it out to make a living. And now I will fold up my soapbox and let you meet the man, the legend, the pest control expert.
1: Hi, my name is Steve Mulemeister. I am a pest control expert. When I was a kid, I wanted to be two things, a police officer, and I also liked animals, so I always saw myself as a vet. Now I am a pest control expert, which starts as a technician for a pest control company, and uh, then you kind of work your way into becoming an expert. And now I am actually an owner of a pest control company. It varies from rats to mice, uh, cockroaches, and, of course, the big ticket item, which is bedbugs. I I like trouble solving. Someone will call me and say, we've had mice and we've been trying different things to get them, and they're just not being able to solve it. So I go figure out how they're getting in, seal those things up, trap whatever's inside, kill them off. But um, that's kind of the side part of it. For me, I really enjoy figuring out how they're getting in, um, how they're getting around the traps that have already been placed. Um, it's the problem solving. And I that really, that is the exciting part of my job. Life, right?
0: And now it's that time where I tell you I'm going to deliver a history of the job in 30 seconds, and then I actually deliver it in two and a half minutes. Or more. For this one, I have to give some love to Google. I thought for sure a search for the history of pest control wouldn't turn up much. Turns out I was wrong. A special shout out here to the very first result that came up from a pest control company called Ameritech in Dallas, Texas. Some pest control poet began a description of the history of their craft with this gem of a line. Pests have tormented humans from time immemorial. So let's start there. And crawl our way back to today. The first record of insecticide use is from 2500 BC when Sumerians used sulfur compounds to control insects and mites. Sumerians were an ancient Mesopotamian civilization thought to have created modern civilization and apparently insect control. The early beginnings of pest control are really all about protecting agriculture. From there, botanical insecticides and mercury and arsenic compounds are used by the Chinese in 1200 B.C. Homer writes about the use of sulfur in fumigation control in 1000 B.C. Roman Cato the censor recommends oil sprays for pest control in 200 B.C. And in 13 B.C., the first ever rat-proof granary is built by Roman architect Marcus Pollio, not to be confused with Marco Polo. There's actually a very comical middle part here where the beginnings of the European Renaissance bring some pest management tactics that really don't work, largely because at the time pest infestations were thought to be punishments from God and thus were dealt with in a very superstitious religious manner. Two examples in the 12th century, mice and caterpillars were excommunicated by the Bishop of Lyon, and in 1485, the High Vicar of Valence puts caterpillars on trial gives them a defense counsel and later orders them to leave his diocese. And no, I'm not kidding. Those superstitions are eventually exterminated, pun intended, when European leaders begin to realize that insects and rodents are spreading diseases like the Black Plague, and that simply asking pests to leave really doesn't work. In the late 1500s, Queen Elizabeth I passes down a series of regulations meant to clean up and sanitize public spaces, which means modern day pest control is born. By the late 1800s, all over Europe, quote, rat catchers are put to work with tools anywhere from chemicals to dogs to try and control rat populations. Sometime in the late 19th century, those European pest control experts make their way to North America, bringing with them the knowledge needed to help control pests here too. From then until now, the biggest changes in pest control have been in the regulation and approval systems for pesticides and rodent poisons and the licensing of pest control experts. And that brings us to the two decades our guest Steve Mulemeister has spent controlling pests. So how does an animal lover with a business to control pests make it a family affair, bedbug sniffing dog included? To find out, please enjoy this conversation with pest control expert Steve Mulemeister. Thank you for doing this. I know it's probably not where you feel the most comfortable, but I appreciate you being game to let me ask you a bunch of questions.
1: No, I look I look forward to the opportunity. It's pretty cool. I've always wanted to be... I listen to lots of podcasts, so I always wanted to be part of one. So Well, now it's you awesome. are a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool.
0: Um, so let's... I think the obvious question um, that most people probably had when they saw um, the pest control expert on the name of this episode is... Uh, do you get grossed out? Is that something you're just so used to? Or when you see bugs, is there any kind of like gross out factor still left?
1: Not anymore. So I don't I, uh, I don't get grossed out by it anymore. I you, I did when you first start for sure. Uh, you're gonna see things that uh, are not normal: cockroaches falling from the sky and um, mice running across your feet and uh, bed bugs everywhere crawling all over the place. Um, to you know, really gross things like maggots. And, and so on. So you, you do see it all. Um, and so anymore? No, I, it doesn't gross me out anymore. Um, probably the only thing that kind of grosses me out is the condition that people will live in uh, or the, the condition of a, a back of the house of a restaurant that uh, I question uh, why they're open and, and how they're still providing food for people. But most, most are pretty good at that. But um, you do come across some weird situations like that.
0: So pest control it is kind of a far swing from where you, you, when you, as a kid, you're like dreaming about being a police officer or a veterinarian, maybe not so much veterinarian. But um, tell me about, you know, how do you as a kid move towards your career? Like what's happening in high school and, and what are you thinking that you're going to become as you kind of go towards this career?
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone starts off thinking I'm going to become a pest control guy. Yeah. Um, They're always the weird people in the video, in movies and so on. Right. So. Yeah, we're a pretty strange crew, uh, for the most part. But um, yeah, to to get from hey, as a as a seven year old, I want to be a police officer to to going into the pest control industry, uh, I, I think it's it's not actually a huge leap. It's uh, just kind of figuring out what it is that you like to do. Um, so for pest control, you like to working with your hands and dealing with public and dealing with people. And it kind of works into that uh, and just kind of morphs into, OK, well, let's try this and, and see how this goes.
0: So when you're in high school and, you can, you know, everyone's kind of getting to end of high school and people want to know what you're going to do and are you going to go to school. And what's your answer to that question? How did how did you go from high school kind of into the working world?
1: So I'm probably the worst person to ask that because ending high school, I had no idea what I wanted to be. Um, my dad is a photographer, so I, I worked for him. Um, but I didn't see myself doing that. It's a, I, I'm a bit of an introvert, I guess. Um, I'm good with people, like one-on-one. Um, but uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of people at once uh, type of thing. Um, and then to go, so then I, and I, I did cleaning. So like commercial cleaning floors and, and offices and factories and stuff like that. But that was just, again, I didn't really see myself doing that for the rest of my life. Again, I'm probably the worst one to ask because it just I just kind of happened to, yeah. to to find this job, so um,
0: I mean, I, I don't want to lessen your journey, though, because I think that it, I think you would find a lot of kids get out of high school and they have no idea. And I think we as a society like put a lot of pressure on kids that they have to know. And I think often, like just to stand on my soapbox, that that's how kids end up in careers that uh, they don't belong in because they just feel like, I'm supposed to know, I've gotta pick something, and if I pick something, I better make it happen, right? And I think it's kind of refreshing to hear a point of view from someone who left high school and didn't have an idea and has found his way, owns his own business, and is successful, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think the biggest thing, if I was talking to my seven-year-old self or someone else that's finishing high school, is try. Just try something. Uh, you might not necessarily think, "Oh, this is something I want to do long term," um, but give it a try. Uh, see if it works. Um, again, if you if you like working with your hands, like if you're that kind of a person, or if you want to sit behind a, a desk all day, uh, it depends on who you are. But if it's if it's even reasonably in that realm to be able to just try it, just try it. Um, that's how I got this job. Um, I, I was looking for work, and uh, my wife knew someone that had, was kind of running a company for pest control, uh, who I ended up working for for 16 years. And uh, they didn't have any work, but he said, well, why don't you come with me, and I'll give you an hourly job of shoveling pigeon poop off of uh, balconies. Uh, they had done a bird job, and it didn't go quite well, uh, so the birds were still getting in. So we had to uh, evict the birds. And then shovel their poop and get rid of all that stuff. So I did that for about two weeks. That was done. He said, I'm sorry, I don't have anything else for you. Uh, we'll give you a call if we, something comes up. So I, I went back, kind of looking and searching, um, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then a couple weeks later, he called me up and said, okay, we've got something open for you. Do you want it? I jumped at it. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history.
0: Okay, so how old are you when you're shoveling pigeon poop?
1: Uh, Twenty. Twenty.
0: So I'm just going to imagine that most 21-year-olds these days, if someone's like, hey, here's two weeks of work, you can shovel pigeon poop, it probably wouldn't last that long, right? So what are you thinking as you're like shoveling pigeon poop and, and, you know, considering that, you know, this could be a job that you do? What's Is that that something where you're like, this is good work, I could keep doing this? Or where's kind of your headspace?
1: I guess my biggest thing, I always like, I like to try things. I'll try anything once, type of thing. Um, so it wasn't so much the work that we were doing. I was working with some of the other guys that were already hired and listening to what they were were doing, um, and it sounded interesting to me to to you know work with the restaurant or work with the hotel manager or, uh, and try and figure out what was going on. Um, so I I I think the biggest thing for me is I, I like puzzle solving. Um, not so much putting a puzzle together. I'm terrible at those. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so puzzle solving, like figuring out why, okay, why are you here and how can I stop you from being here? Um, type of thing. So, uh, so that was kind of my thing. So during those two weeks I was working with other people. Um, so I guess that would be my next kind of big advice is talk. Talk to people that are already doing things uh, and ask. You know, when you're asking, hey, what do you do for work? It's not just, well, I'm an accountant. Ask the questions, okay, why? Why are you an accountant? Why do you like doing that? You know, kind of figure out w- what makes them passionate about what they do because that will then help you to mm-hmm. build a passion too because you'll see people's excitement in what they do. And then you can look at that and say, okay, maybe that's something that will be exciting for me to do.
0: Well, then if with you then, I'll give you the same um – how about I pose the same question to you before we talk about like the nitty gritty of what you do. Mm-hmm. Why do you do what you do? I mean, other than creating a living and supporting yeah. your family and, and owning your business. Why? Why pest control?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I think that I probably could have gone and done something else uh, when I stopped working for that big company. Um, but I really enjoy what I do. Uh, one, it's you're working with people and you're helping them. So someone calls me up, especially you know. I think of bed bugs. We get calls like last night. We were on the on the call. My wife was with uh, a lady that was dealing with bed bugs, and she's just distraught. And you almost become like a, a resource worker, or you know, a, a helper, 100%. a guide uh, through that bit of a journey that they're having to go through that they don't want to be any part of, and and you help them to overcome that. So it it kind of sounds funny, but you 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 help them, um, and, and you you guide them as to how to get through this this problem. Um, so I I do like that. I, I really enjoy just helping people, uh, calming them down. Uh, even if it's something like a, to me it's simple a mouse, uh, but for some people you know like they've never had mice in their house. It's like what what is going on? My house is now disgusting and it's gross and so on and so forth. And you help them to understand, no, your house doesn't need a match and gasoline. <laughs> we'll be able to get. That's
0: what I would do. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll, we'll be able to get you through this problem without having to go to those drastic measures. Um, and, and just calming them down, um, which comes with experience. Obviously, when I first started, I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have had the the skills that I do now to be able to calm them down and because uh, I can speak with authority and and I know what I'm doing. Um, so that's a big part of it. I, I like helping people. And again, it's it's the problem solving. I, I just love that. Um, figuring out how how to overcome this problem that's been put in front of me. And every single situation is different. So a house with mice, Every house is a little bit different, even in these big subdivisions. Every house has got a little bit of different here and there, um, and especially how they're getting in. So it's, um, yeah, th- those are the things that, that kind of get me excited about it. And if you were to ask me why now, those are that's going to be my answer.
0: You know what? I will say that if you want to say, I've actually never used your services, but since I've met you a few years ago, I actually f- have kind of felt different because I I hate mice and like bed bugs just make my skin crawl, mm. and when I talked to you about it, you were so calm and like matter of fact, and so I always just think in my head like I hear something scamper and I'm like that turns into a thing. I'm gonna call Steve. Mm. Like it's there's a solution for people where you know especially if they've met you and know what kind of person you are and yeah. and how caring you are, even just like as someone who's never used your services, I feel mm. like you know calm and cared for. So that's a testament to you and the business that you run as well. Well, Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, you know, people, when something comes up, our new, new business is, you know, something, someone hears something in their house, they grab their phone. How do I get rid of this? You know, what is this? What is that? Google. Um, So, and there's autonomous information on the internet. Uh, So it's better to just call someone that knows what they're doing. And be able to understand, okay, what is actually taking place?
0: What's the um, worst misinformation people find on the internet about this kind of stuff? Like, what's the stuff you get to and you're like, how did that even, like, how did that even occur to someone as, as a solution for this problem?
1: Yeah, a lot of the DIY things, they, they do drive me a little crazy because, um, you know, people are free to give their, their advice. Um, and it goes everywhere from, oh, you've got bed bugs. Well, just use alcohol. I don't don't even understand. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think the DIY things, it's more than just putting something out and and, and hoping that it's going to take care of it. Even, um, you know, going out and buying some traps. Okay, you might catch a few mice, but is it really getting to the solution that you need, which is to stop them from coming in? Um, So, yeah, the the DIY stuff is – that will drive me crazy and I'm – yeah, it, it makes me nuts because it's just it, the misinformation leads to people spending a lot of money uh, on products and, and different things. Oh, I just when thought of one. When they think
0: they're saving money. Yeah, right? and they, they think they're going to save
1: money by doing it themselves. Yeah. So the, the ultrasonics.
0: Oh, is uh, the, so that the most in, thing that kind of like sends Yeah, it gives off an
1: ultrasonic. It? Yeah. Um, so... I get asked this question, well, we have ultrasonics and, and, and we're still having the problem. Um, the problem with ultrasonics is that it's like someone that lives next to a train track. So the first couple of nights you hear it, it bothers you every time it goes by, and then you get used to it. So it's the same thing for mice. If it ever works, there's they've got studies out there that people that make these things that say they're fantastic. Um, and some people swear by them because they've plugged them in and they've never had mice. But I think it's just a matter of time. Right. Um, so, and I've I've seen them plugged in and they're covered in mouse poop because the mice are just <laughs> running over top of them. So, uh, I those that's a huge one for me. Uh, lots of misinformation out there, especially about that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, talking about misinformation, what are the big uh, misconceptions? people have about what you do like what do you hear the most from people when they hear you're a pest control expert like what what do people ask you that drives you nuts
1: yeah so so everyone sees uh john john goodman right from arachnophobia or um uh the other guy from from mouse hunt right so we're quirky and weird and it's there's a bit of truth to it for sure because you got to be a little quirky and weird to go into crawl spaces and do do things that we do um but it is a profession like it's it's something that um, is needed and it's it's definitely uh, you need to be a professional especially when you're not working for a big company. I think it's different when you work for someone else to work for yourself and build a, a company and build something that uh, you can hand on to your kids or, or hand on to someone else. It's you got to look at it as as a professional and be professional about it. That's one of the big uh, misconceptions: is you got to be weird.
0: Um, okay, so let's rewind a little bit back to: so you get out of high school, you don't know what you want to do, you do some work in, and you said in commercial industrial cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have this connection who gives you some work. How how does that turn into 16 years with the same company? Because I think that that's kind of a rare thing that doesn't happen very often anymore.
1: I have to question my own sanity for sticking with a, a company for 16 years. Uh, no, I I have uh, I have good feelings and bad feelings about working for the uh, a big company like I did. Um, obviously, training is is big. Uh, and the company I had worked for, one of the things they did well was training. So they, they provided everything. I actually started with no, zero training. Um, I didn't even have my license. So you have to have a license in Ontario, in Canada, uh, to apply pesticides. Um, so it is, it's kind of like a correspondence thing, but um, they give you the books. You read through them. When you feel comfortable, you write a test and so I hadn't even started that when I started working for them. So I had to get that done. Um, and then they had like a about a two-month training period as well. They provided the training that I needed through books um, and then on the job. I'm a huge proponent of it's got to be on the job because you can read all you want, especially in my industry, you can read all you want about mice. Uh, but when you put them in a real-life environment and someone's trying to get you, you're going to do different things differently than what even your nature says to do For because sure. you want to survive yeah the The book stuff is good and it gives you a, a kind of a base, but being able to figure out how they're adapting to that and and how they're changing that uh, that's only something you can learn on the job
0: so tell me about the decision. And I know this was a family decision because you're all about your family and that this and even if you look at what web, your website for your business, it's about your family. Yeah. How do you make the decision to leave a company you've been with for 16 years to open your own business?
1: So it is something I thought had thought about for a while. Um, but I always I, I'm, I'm always honest. Um, I always said if as long as the money was still there, I would just keep going with the company, um, they decided to change uh, the way that they paid their employees and so on. Um, So it looked like, okay, this might be the time for us to make a change. Um, So we talked about it, uh, my wife and I, and uh, she graciously accepted to work full time while I tried to uh, get a business up and running. Um, So it it was definitely a big timing thing. Um, everything kind of just seemed to to work out at that point in time. Um, but it wasn't something we jumped into. Even though we had to make this big decision, it wasn't something we were just going to say, okay, well, let's just try this and, and hope for the best. It was a lot of planning and thinking, okay, what do we need to get to be able to have me making no money, <laughs> going from basically the main provider for our family to... Now my wife is going to be the main provider, and I'm going to be making nothing unless I get some work. So it, it was uh, it was definitely a family decision. We included our kids too because we had to have them understand that uh, guess what? For the next couple of years, we're probably going to do with a lot less than what we had, um, and they were they were happy to help, and and now they see the the benefits to having done so too.
0: I did have one question, and maybe this is a weird question. I don't even really know how to pose it, but um, you, you know, you, as a kid, you think about vet, you obviously love animals, your family loves animals. And I think this is a misconception people now listening kill to. Them. Yes, this is my question. Do you know, is there kind of that sense of like trying to find a balance between what living things have to go and what what things stay? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Yeah. So that's that's people think that uh, you're a pest guy. So you just you kill it. And uh, let God sort them out. So it, that's really not, for me anyways, It's that's not the way I a- approach it. Um, so, it, it, it yeah, when I was a kid, you know, I, the, a bird hit the car, I would cry. Because, oh, oh, living thing, it's dying. Um, now I do see the other side of that, though. Um, so you have mice in your house. The diseases that they carry – uh, are are truly going, can affect. Uh, cockroaches are known to be a really huge um, contributor to asthma, especially for young kids. Um, so their feces and their body parts give mm-hmm. off uh, an aroma that affects the lungs uh, and affects kids so that asthma is a, a byproduct of that. Um, so when you look at it from that side, um, yeah, we have to eliminate those things that are inside the home to make it again a, a place that you come home to and know that you're going to be safe. Um, so there is the killing part of it, for sure. Um, but the biggest part of it for me is, okay, so how do we stop that from happening again? Um, and, and that's where, the, like, the sealing up. So I never do a, a rodent job unless we're doing the whole thing which is to seal up and stop them from coming in again. Um, I don't want a phone call two years from now saying we've got them again because now your family is at risk again, uh, and I don't want to see that. So we do the sealing up. We make sure that they're not going to get in ever again, Um, and that's contributing to people being healthy, um, which is a a huge thing for us. Uh, We want our home to be healthy and safe. Everybody's home should be healthy and safe. Um, so there is the killing aspect to it, um, but that's a lot smaller than the preventative things that we can do to to prevent the problem and stop it and, and make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: Well, because I imagine if you're fixing the problem on your first go, you're not coming back three more times to kill more mice, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: yeah, you're not you're not allowing more in that now need to be eliminated. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's talk about bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Um. W- Are bed bugs the biggest percent of calls you go out on?
1: No, I I wouldn't say so. Um, It it kind of varies between rodents, rats and mice, to cockroaches, bed bugs. Um, It it, it kind of it's one of those ebbs and my company, my 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 industry is an ebb and flow. Um, I I always find that there's a year of something. Um, Either it's the year of the bed bug or the year of the mouse or or something like that. Um, just because who knows it's nature. Um, so it kind of ebbs and flows that way. Um, so I would say probably bed bugs is not one of the biggest ones that I get called for. Um, but that being said, if I get 10 phone calls a week, it's going to be two or three of them. So it's the percentage wise, it's still up there. Um,
0: I ask because I think bedbugs are probably the one, maybe next to cockroaches, where just people listening would would get the kind of like heebie-jeebies about. And I don't know if it's that they're kind of silently biting you while you're sleeping and that's supposed to be like your safe space, yeah. um, but how how difficult are bed bugs? Because I, th- I think my understanding of bed bugs is, it de- I mean, obviously non-hygienic situations can lead to bed bugs, but you could also have a clean house and it could have bed bugs, right? Like just keeping a clean house isn't necessarily gonna keep the bed bugs away if you're bringing in things from outside. So is, is uh, what kind of situations are you seeing bed bugs in? And, and have they gone up over the years?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I always say bed bugs are non-discriminatory. They, they will go f- to a five diamond hotel, um, to the grossest motel. A- and so sanitation really has nothing to do uh, with bedbugs. They couldn't care less. They, they like the cleanest and they like the dirtiest. Um, so that's not, not the biggest problem with, uh, with bedbugs. Um, the problem with bedbugs is if you miss one, it, it could start the infestation over again. So you have to be meticulous uh, with bed bugs. So when I get a phone call, they ask two things. They want to know, okay, how do you get rid of them and how much it's going to be? So the how I get rid of them, I can explain all day long. Um, the how much it's going to be without looking, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. Um, because if you have three bedrooms and they're full of furniture and stuff, it's going to take me a lot longer than an a, Apartment that has nothing in it. Um, bed bugs have increased substantially, and a lot of it has to do with the way we were treating for them in the past, um, which was heavily reliant on on chemical on pesticide. So now we have to look at, and my company is one of the first to to put it out there. Uh, the way that we approach it is very little chemical to it. It's a lot more of inspecting and figuring out where they are Um, and that's the spots that we we treat Um, we use vacuuming steaming so there's there's a lot of options out there but the biggest thing you want if you're looking for someone to get rid of uh, bad bugs is how much time are they going to spend because a quick splash and dash we call it is just not going to work it will kill some of them but it's not going to kill all of them and then you're going to have the problem all over again, or even worse, because now you've moved them into other areas. Um, and the h- biggest thing with, with bedbugs is that the, we call them hitchhikers. That's how they get into your home. You've rubbed up against something that they were on. Uh, you went to a hotel and, and picked them up. Mind you, I always say hotels don't have bedbugs. Hotels get bedbugs. So you're actually getting them from the guest that was there before you. Um, and then, you know, you've brought them home. Now your problem is, is, is now at home. And it might have been like one or two or even one. Um, and then they've just, they reproduce so quickly, um, especially if they've got everything they need, which is somewhere to hide out, food, which is you and I, because they only eat our blood. Um, and then they just start to produce and and, and, and reproduce and become... Thousands uh, in no time. So,
0: so one thing I've always wondered about you is how do you make sure the bed bugs don't hitchhike home with you?
1: Hmm. Good question. My wife always asks me that one too. Um, so I, I'm always killing them. So I, I, to to date, I haven't had a problem. I haven't brought any home. Um, if it's a really bad situation. Um, I change in the garage before I come in, and everything goes into the to the wash right away. Um, so there are steps that you can take to make sure that nothing becomes a problem. Um, but I just, to this date, I just I haven't had any problems. But again, I'm looking for them; they're not looking for me.
0: I was gonna say cue to Avery, like now every time I come home from just anywhere. Now that I know, you can just rub up against it, <laughs> wash my clothes before I come in my house. <laughs> Tell me about the. Bed bug sniffing dog. How did that come to be? So just as a background, Ozzy is the dog's name, yeah, right? Yeah, Ozzy, yeah. You now have a dog that is trained in finding bed bugs in someone's house. How did you decide that was something to add to your business? And how does, how does that even happen? How do you find a dog like that?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a funny story. So one of the things we've done for our marketing is uh, the home shows. And uh, just out of the blue, one, uh, a lady asked us, she said, have you ever thought of doing uh, having a bed bug dog? And it was something that we had talked about in the past, so it was kind of funny that she she mentioned it to us. So she had talked about how she worked for another company in the training and so on, um, and she referred us to the people that we actually uh, were able to to purchase Aussie from uh, that did all his training and, and certification. So that's kind of how it, it began. We love animals too, um, so how cool is it to to be able to go to work with with uh, man's best friend? and uh, be able to use him.
0: How does that look? How does that work? How does, one, a dog know what bed bugs smell like? And how, and when you take a dog into a building or an apartment or a house, what happens?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually not the handler. Um, so better one to ask would be my wife, but because uh, she's, she's the handler. She's certified and all that um, to, to work with, uh, with Ozzy. Um, but from our research and and through actually seeing it happen, um, it is pretty awesome to, to watch the two of them work together. It really is a team. Ozzie has been trained um, just as they do for narcotics and for explosives um, to be able to use his nose and to literally smell the bed bugs, um, which is for us, it's it's huge because so when I used to get a phone call for bed bugs, someone would say, "I think we have bed bugs. We're getting bites." Um, I would go in and I have to tear apart the room to try and figure out what's going on and and, and if there are. Um, so even if there isn't any bed bugs, I've now destroyed uh, your bedroom to try and figure out if they're there. Whereas uh, so Carrie and Ozzy go in and he literally just smells them out. Um, so he has to get right in there. It's not like something where he walks in the room and can smell it. He has to get close, um, which he does. He gets his nose right in there. It's pretty cool watching him go, and he can actually hear him sniffing. Um, and they working together. So he will he'll get excited if he starts smelling something that he thinks is that, which then, with Carrie working with him, uh, they'll be able to to together figure out, okay, is this really going on? Uh, if he's able to pinpoint, he'll actually sit and just stare. Um, and, and he won't break that until he gets his ball, which is really what he's looking for. He works for his ball. Uh, there was a, a really bad bed bug situation that I had uh, taken on. A, another company had treated, didn't get rid of them, and in fact, had moved them into other areas of this apartment. Um, it was the worst I've ever seen to date, probably about 2,000 bedbugs in one bed. That wasn't including anywhere else. I, so I had treated that one. It took a number of times. And um, so just to see and how, how they worked together, And Ozzy was pretty new for us. Uh, we brought him in, and uh, bedroom was fine. But out in the dining room, in the little rubber stopper for the chair in the dining room, he found one. I would never have found it. it, it uh, just, there's no way that I would have seen it or, or found it until it had crawled out, fed again, reproduced, um, and he found it in the in the little rubber stopper. So it was really cool to see, and it really validated for us why that this was a good a good uh, decision to go with, um, and and it really helps us to be able to uh, not just add an extra service. Uh, which is part of it. As a business owner, we, we want to make sure that we're making money, um, but to give people some relief too.
0: So Carrie, your wife, previously was a postal worker and now she works with your business, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, now we're partners.
0: What's it like to own your own business, be three years in, and also have your whole family in it now? How, how has that changed what you're, what you're doing?
1: To be honest, that's exactly what I wanted right from the beginning. Um, I I wanted to... And you mentioned the website. From day one of putting the website together, I've had a picture of us on it. That was important to me. Uh, We are a family-run business, and that's exactly what we are. Um, It's not just a cliche or or, or something else. Um, It's huge to have, especially when you're a small business owner, uh, you need everybody's support. Uh, The kids have to be involved in in some of the decision-making. Obviously, not all of it, but... Um, They're part of it, too, because their life is getting affected uh, by the decisions that we make, uh, whether or not to whatever it is, buy new equipment or or do whatever uh, for the business. So um, now, so I mentioned before, Carrie was working full time, so she worked full time for the post office, and uh, it was always my goal to be able to bring her um, over and, and be able to have the two of us be able to work together. Um, and, I mean, we've been married 20 years now, so we work together really well. Um, but that's it, – it, first defense past control, it, it is a family business, and, and um, that's always what, what I wanted right from the beginning.
0: That's awesome. Um, my last question, as always, when you wake up every morning and you decide to keep doing this, why are you doing this? Why do you keep um, – why do you keep going?
1: So the, the the quick answer is it puts food on the table, right? It pays for our mortgage, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the other side of that is um, honestly, we as a pest control expert, I I can make the world better. Um, as mentioned, uh, rats and mice carry disease. Cockroaches carry disease. Um, you know, we think of the Black Plague. These were all things that um nowadays we have an understanding of and uh so stopping these vermin from being able to destroy your home or pose health risks that's really what makes it uh more than just a job to me um it makes it uh where i'm changing people's lives again i can go back to the bedbugs. uh they don't carry disease but they're disgusting. They bite you. Uh, they can leave welts. They can cause problems that way. Um, some people have allergic reactions to that. Um, and it turns your life inside out and upside down. And I'm able to go in calmly and help you resolve this problem quickly, um, but with, with real solutions that really work. Um, and I can only do that because of the time I've put in. Uh, to developing myself and, and the experience that I now have.
0: Well, your family is protecting other families.
1: We try to. Which yeah. I think
0: is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Steve, thank you for doing this.
1: Thank you. It was uh, awesome.
0: I learned a lot of stuff I didn't know. And I think that for our listeners, they'll be really interested in, in the soul you bring to this work. So thank Appreciate you for that. that.
1: Thank you. It's awesome
0: is created, recorded, and edited by me, Avery moore Class, and my company, Folktale Studio. Portions of this episode were recorded in one of my happy places, the Switch Podcast Studio at Wilfrid Laurier University in downtown Brantford, Ontario. For links to our guest business and social accounts, or for more on anything you heard in this episode, check out the show notes. To keep up to date on what's coming next, follow us on Instagram or Twitter, at GrownupPod, or on my social channels, I'm at Avery Moore-Klaas. I like to interview regular people who do interesting work. So if you have a suggestion for someone you know or a profession you'd like to know more about, send me a DM. Thanks for listening.